big rocks and all that sort of thing. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, uh, welcome to a uh, much delayed new episode of the Mick Wall podcast. Um, I hope you can hear this. I don't actually know. Um, it's a bit like those episodes of Doctor Who from the 60s where um, the TARDIS was broken and he never knew where he would wind up or if it would work or if they'd get away. I've been doing tests on this. I've done about seven or eight and they've all come out different. So I'm going to just keep talking and hope for the jolly old best. Um but that also explains partly why uh, there hasn't been a podcast for a few weeks. Uh, partly in the sense that I still don't know if I can get the other one work, the other channel working. I still don't know if it's the microphone because I bought a new one and then it went wrong again. I don't know if it's this little amp or whatever you call it. Um, I strongly suspect it's to do with the fact that I'm working on cheaper's shit equipment um and uh i do have other stuff but i've literally no idea how to work it and in these post-covid days um all my old all the couple of studio type people i knew that would have let me in once upon a time to fix all this won't let me through the door anymore because they're scared um so uh yeah Anyway, um, I thought I'd better just do something. I've even had people asking me, have I died? Am I ill? What's the story? Uh, and the story is I, I was ill, uh, but not like that. I had uh, old school classic heavy cold. Um, and then me and the current Mrs. Wall, uh, we went away for a few days. Uh, we had an Irish connection um, who took pity on us uh, and allowed us to go and stay uh, in a little cottage they possess in West Cork um, uh, for no money, which was the key. Um, all we had to do was buy one of those incredibly cheap tickets from a particular budget airline that goes to Ireland, um, and we did it. Uh, we, we, ate, we lived on... Uh, what do you call it? You know, those meals you buy at the supermarket that you heat up at home. Did it all very cheap and only splashed out uh, on a drop of the black velvet nectar. Uh, we were just outside a little town called Clonakilty. Uh, and there's a fantastic pub there called Debarra, um, which only opened on our final day. So that's the reason we must go back uh, whenever we have some money, if we ever have some money ever again. However, that isn't what I um, got on here to tell you about. It's an update, really. 
um, about Down and Out in London and LA. Um, first, though, uh, to also give a proper mention to the the collaborative book um, that was just published on April the 7th, the one I worked on with Stephen Wilson, latterly, not latterly, formerly of Porcupine Tree, um, about to be uh, with them again in the coming weeks. They've got a new album and there's going to be shows. Um, but the book itself, called Limited Edition of One, was something Stephen and I spent about 18 months working on, uh, beginning with the very beginning of lockdown. Um, uh, people have been whispering in my ear about doing some kind of book on initially Porcupine Tree. That's how far back the idea was. And then Stephen Wilson. And it just never came together. Um, uh, and it's a long story. But the short, the short version is that I changed agent and publisher at the start of 2018. Um, and, and they were friends and they both had this little wish list of books they they had wanted to do and couldn't figure out how to get the people to agree or get the whole thing off the ground. Uh, one of them was a Dio uh, memoir, which, as you know, uh, I did. Um, I was able to with Wendy Dio. We were able to uh, put together finally. Uh, that was another thing that goes back years. I'd been mentioning to Wendy for many years that sooner or later we must finish Ronnie's book, the one he'd started before he died. Um, anyway, we did that. It came out last summer. I think I've spoken about that. You know about that. Stephen Wilson, somewhat similar. That was the other thing on their list. And it uh, turned out they they told me that both of them had taken the publisher and the agent had taken Stephen out to lunch a few years before to try and persuade him uh, to write a memoir. And um, uh, as Stephen would say to me himself later on, uh, he, he just didn't want to do it because he thought his life was too boring. Um, from Stephen's point of view, hang on, I'm reaching for a wire. Ah! Um, from Stephen's point of view, uh, as he put it to me, you know... He didn't, he's never taken drugs, uh, was not a sex fiend, there are no groupies in his story, um, there's no suicide or, or, or sackings or, you know, I'm thinking, the words guns and roses are in my head here, but we could just as easily be talking about Zeppelin, Sabbath, Aerosmith, Iron Maiden, I mean almost every other band, um, but not Stephen. So... Um, at the time they mentioned it, I didn't see particularly uh, what my connection would be because unlike Ronnie James Dio, I had no uh, previous experience with Stephen. Then, a year later, as chance would have it, when I was out on the very first tour with Francis Rossi, I talked too much, which began in 2019 uh, when the hardback version of his memoir, which I ghosted, which is the polite way of saying I wrote, based on all the stories Francis told me, um, called I Talk Too Much. We did uh, a seven-week tour around the UK, 36 shows, kind of like an evening with Francis, hosted by me, 
moving the whole thing along and so on and so forth. Again, I'm pretty sure I've talked about that in the past. Um, on that tour, a uh, very small team, Francis, his PA, Lianne, me, uh, and a production manager called Tonto, a beast of a man and absolutely one of the best in the business at what he does. And um, during one of those, we were doing five shows a week, every week. It was very hard work and um, it was exhausting. But on one of those very weird late night journeys on the bus, I caught Tonto uh, playing some, what sounded like some really exciting music. And it, he was playing live Porcupine Tree. No, 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 that's wrong. Live Stephen Wilson. And... Um, I ended up sitting next to him. We had this long chat about Stephen. Turned out Tonto, uh, who'd done a similar job for with Quo for many years and many other artists, but he was Stephen Wilson's guitar tech. He was Stephen's main man uh, whenever Stephen played live, from laying down that rug that Stephen likes to stand on at his shows uh, to looking after his guitars, which, as you can imagine, is a, um, a very singular gig to have and you're not going to last very long uh, unless you happen to be fantastic at it and um like everybody in the business you, you do you do most of your work with artists that you aren't necessarily fans of um uh and then occasionally very occasionally you might happen to work with an artist who you do truly um get excited about their music and You'd be actually listening to their music, even if you weren't working with them. And for Tonto, that was Stephen Wilson. Um, and uh, as I always do in these situations, if it's something that interests me, I say, oh, but, well, listen, next time you talk to Stephen, if, let him know if he ever wants to do a book, uh, I'd love to talk to him about it. And what I got back was, no, no, no Tonto talks like that. Loads of people had approached Stephen over the years. He had always said no, uh, which from what the little I knew about Stephen sounded about right. A man who knows his own mind. Um, so we left it there. Then about six months later, Tonto and I did another tour uh, with Danny and Luke from Thunder. Uh, four weeks, again around the UK, similar sort of thing, very similar. Uh, only this time, Tonto and I, we didn't have a flash tour bus. We were just in his van. Uh, and so many hours were spent talking bollocks to each other and sometimes listening to whatever music Tonto wanted to listen to, which led very quickly back to Stephen Wilson and discussing Stephen Wilson. Um, and I said the same, listen, let him know. I'd love to talk if ever. And one day Tonto, being quite impetuous and passionate, just said, I'll email him right now. I was like, all right, all right. So he did, and uh, he got a reply very quickly, and he showed me the reply. Uh, and, and Tonto had just written something like, would you like to talk to Mick Wall about a book? And Stephen had replied, Mick Wall is a legend. I'd love to meet him. This is October 2019. So I followed that up with an email of my own. Stephen and I swapped a few bits of emails, trying to get a vibe off each other. 
And then um, we said, well, let's get together after Christmas. And then literally the first week of January 2020, I went over to Stephen's house and we went and had lunch at a pub up the road from where he lives that also has a very nice restaurant. And uh, it was a bit like a first date. Um, obviously, we were familiar with each other's name and a little bit familiar with each other's work, but we'd never met Um uh, and so we had a very pleasant couple of hours. Turned out we had uh, more in common than either of us would uh, might have guessed. And at the end of it, we agreed a book would be a splendid idea. Not I was born and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened. Um, something totally the opposite of that. What in the trade we call a non-chronological thematic um, work, uh, which of course is very in line with you know the way Stephen likes to perform as an artist, create as an artist, to push against the conventional wisdom uh, and experiment. Um, uh, we didn't have anything formal in mind other than it, we knew what it would not be. Um, and then over the next couple of weeks, I swapped. Actually, no, that's not true. That came later. So we kind of, yeah, we hit on an idea and a way we might be able to do this. Um, but how we left it was uh, he had a new album coming out. This is 2019, uh, 2020. He had a new album coming out called The Future Bites. It was coming out in the summer. And he had already booked the O2 Arena in London for a big show. Uh, plus loads of other tour dates around the album. He was also working on a movie and music for that. Um, and lots of stuff. Had a really busy year coming up, as did I. Uh, the, the paperback of the Rossi book, I Talk Too Much, was coming out in March 2020. And the first tour a year before, the 36 shows, had been such a success... Uh, we were going to go and do it again, only this time we were going to do 60 shows over, I think, 11 weeks. 11 weeks, 11 and a half weeks, something like that. And um, that would have taken me from March till June. And then I had some other stuff coming up uh, where I was going to be in America. Uh, quite a, That's my one of my dogs barking in the background. Not Coco, the metal pug. That is Willow, the commander. She is half Jack Russell, half sausage dog, half complete bastard. And she's the boss. Um, and she loves me. Um, so, yeah, I knew I was going to be in America a lot for the latter half of 2020. And yada, yada, yada. So how we left it was, OK, we both got this very busy 2020. We'll stay in touch. We'll throw some ideas back and forth on email. I'll probably catch him at the O2. If he's got time, you know, maybe he'd come and see one of the shows I was doing. And uh, and left it there. And then you know what happened next. Uh, for me, uh, four shows into the 60-date Rossi tour, um, we had to call it off because the whole world was going into lockdown. And about... Uh, I didn't realise at the time, but as that was happening to me, Stephen's, Wilson, uh, Stephen's album release 
was being cancelled and put back indefinitely. The O2 Arena show cancelled and put back indefinitely. And um, I got an email from him about a week into the official lockdown saying, I don't know about you, but my year just got cancelled. Do you want to do this book? I had other book projects on the go, like a drowning man thrown in at the deep end or someone who can't swim thrown in at the deep end. I was paddling like fuck and trying to figure out how I was going to stay alive, which meant that suddenly I was uh, working on, I think, four different books at the same time. But this was the one that interested me the most. And so we, we, we did a long Skype chat. Then both of us, for the first time, heard of something called Zoom. And, and so we then reverted to Zoom. And we threw ideas back and forth. Um, Stephen is an ideas man. But, of course, being the book guy in this instance, a lot of it was um, generated from my own ideas and experience. I also started sending him books, um, other memoirs people had written that were a little different, the David Byrne book, um, the Bob Dylan Chronicles book, Ian Hunter's Diary of a Rock and Roll Star, uh, the Donald Fagan book, which is very, very good, very funny. Um, there's a lot out there that aren't your regular average bear memoir, rock memoir. Um, some of them actually written by the artist and some of them completely ghosted, most of them. Uh, and some of them a little more collaborative. So through this process of talking and uh, passing emails back and forth with ideas we came up with we came up with a fairly solid idea of where how we should begin we didn't know how it would end we didn't have all the ideas worked out we just thought well let's just start um and that's what we did um again he was like i don't want to talk about my family i don't want to do once upon a time but i was able to find ways that engaged him uh, on a subject that became the prism through which actually he did talk about uh, his early life, his family, particularly his father, um, and other aspects of his art and creativity and, and his personality and who he is and why he is. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
And what would happen is every time we did one of these, I'd get it professionally transcribed. And then I would go through what was most often about 25,000 words of transcript, sometimes a bit less, sometimes more. Um, and I would just do what I called a bit of gardening. So I'd take out all the obvious ums and ahs and repetitions. But I allowed myself free reign so that I didn't go too heavy handed because I knew I was going to give it to him and then he would he would have a go at it. But I, I would, you know, like a producer, I guess, working on some unedited music, I knew how to sculpt it so that the 25,000 words would turn into 10,000 words. And then I'd send them to Stephen. I might have put some notes in, I might not. I tried to keep it as open and easy for him to change or reject or, reject or, or, or however, however it hit him, given the space he needed to implement uh, those feelings. Um, and then once he'd done that, he'd send it back to me. By which time um, we're getting close to what might look like a chapter. Uh, I would take what he'd done and I would build on it. The, the basic rule was no rules. You know, you didn't have to be tender to the other bloke and respect what he'd done overly. Um, it, it wasn't a mix. This is Mick's bit. This is Stephen's bit. It was just the bit I'm going to have a go, you're going to have a go, then I'm going to have a go, then you're going to have a go. And we will do that until one of us, usually Stephen, because at the end of the day it was his his book, um, saying, I think this is it. And then I would take it and give it a final little polish, bit of a clean, and that was it. Uh, and we kept going that way for 18 months until we had the book you can now buy uh, wherever you buy your books. Uh, in my case, Amazon or secondhand bookstops, usually bookshops. Um, there is also, a, 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 I don't know what we're calling it, a special edition that's coming out in May, which is the original book with a, a supplementary book that goes with it. The original book is about 100,000 words long, maybe a little bit more. Um, that's a good size for a book. Uh, the supplement is about 40,000, 45,000 words. Uh, and there's nothing in the supplement that's in the book. It's all extra stuff, um, slightly more uh, images, more pictorial. Because the book itself doesn't have those colour plate sections that regular uh, books have. Uh, these are all black and white photographs taken from Stephen's personal collection. And basically there's one per chapter. Um, and they are absolutely fascinating. You know, it's not about how beautiful or glossy or professionally done the picture is. These are actual Polaroids and pictures from Stephen's own collection. So it really isn't the quality, it's the it's the essence it's the access, it's the insight it gives you, uh, not just into what's in that picture, but who Stephen is. The supplement uh, has more visuals and memorabilia. There's music, um, little snippets of things we talk about in the book 
from Stephen, uh, all, all the early bands Stephen, Stephen was in, um, uh, some ad music he'd done. They're just snippets, but they're fantastically interesting. I've never done a book before where you had that kind of uh, detail. There's also, um, this was Stephen's idea, there's also a big chapter on the, the porcupine tree origin story, which if you're a porcupine tree or Stephen Wilson fan, you probably know they began as a fictitious group that he and a school chum uh, invented, you know, sitting around in Stephen's bedroom as teenagers, uh, just having fun. I mean, I, I, I had at least two fictional bands when I was a teenager with friends that were, we were all music fanatics and bought the same sorts of records. Um, but Stephen and his friend, they, they, they came up with this idea for this character called Porcupine Tree uh, and some other characters as well. Uh, and in fact, you know, they wrote it in like a red exercise book or something. And those handwritten notes have surfaced over the years, just a page or two. He sent he sent me the originals. But what I did, as I said, it was his idea, it was a fad, fabulous idea. Um, he said, look, why don't you write it like it's a Mick Wall epic in some magazine? Um, as if it was a real band. And you're going to tell us the story, the true origin story. And so I did. And it's the most fun I've had writing in a long time. The whole book was. But that particular chapter, um, it, you know, it's one of those things where I don't want to get into it because it will spoil it. But it is, it's, it's very unusual, very different to anything you'll find in any other book. Um, there are also, I think, a couple of extra short stories that Stephen wrote. Uh, the one in the actual book I helped him with. All, all the stuff in the actual book is very much a collaboration. Um, it's not all 50-50, but it's all something both of us worked on. Um, I think there's a couple more in the supplement, which which uh, purely his. Um and it's just a fabulous piece of work. There was also an artist's edition, which I've never seen, um, because I think they only made like 125 or something, and it sold for a ridiculous amount of money, um, and, it, and all, all the copies sold out in two hours. So I'm hoping one day I might see one of those, but, you know, it is what it is. The book itself, though, limited edition of one. I've never worked on any rock biography that was like it. I doubt I ever will again. Um, and it was a joy, an absolute joy. Stephen Wilson, uh, I think before I met him and had worked with him, I had this idea that he was a bit of a control freak, a little bit anal maybe, you know, in that way you would expect progressive rock people to be turns out he wasn't any of those things turns out he's an absolute darling and very funny and uh, nice to hang out with um in fact i i i had this idea of him before i met him yeah yeah i'm coming back to me definitely my uh, control freak like i was told you know he's vegan uh, so everybody that works on his tour 
I don't know if they have to be vegan, but certainly vegetarian at the very least. You know, like he explained to me at that first lunch, um, he wouldn't sit and eat with anybody that was eating meat. Um, now, it turns out I was vegetarian for 13 years. Um, so no stretch for me. One of my kids is vegan slash vegetarian. She still likes the cheese, but basically she's vegan. Uh, Stephen still sneaks the cheese sometimes, he told me. Um, so I thought, OK, this is going to be a guy who's really, you know, in charge of his own world. Um, and he told me that more than one person had advised him not to do the book with me uh, because I was that heavy metal guy. Um, and if he was going to do a book with anybody... And I see this, I get this. Uh, he should do it with someone from The Guardian, or at the very least, you know, somebody from Mojo, someone that brought credibility uh, in an area that was completely non-metal, non-progressive rock. Um, and, and I think that was very sound advice. But obviously given from people that have no idea who I am or who have read any of my work... Um, as we got to know each other, we talked sometimes about the curse. Now, his curse is that he's Stephen Wilson, king of progressive rock, which really makes him shudder and cringe. And I'm Mick Wall, heavy metal writer, which really pisses me off. I mean, I get it. I see how that comes about. But that is not who I am. And anybody that reads my work knows that. But there you go. So that all kind of fed into the book as well. It fed into the different layers, different levels we wanted it to work on. And uh, I'm exceedingly proud of it. I've done many books that were shit, and I'd be happy to tell you all about them. Remind me to tell you one day about the Bono biography. Not just the worst book I ever wrote. I'm I'm kind of proud to say one of the worst books written by anybody ever. Um, so when I tell you this book is exceptional, uh, it is. That's all there is to it. It's a fantastic fucking piece of work. You don't need to love Stephen or his music or my writing or anything to appreciate it. It's a great work that stands alone. Right. Um, the other book. The other one that I'm going to talk about briefly, I'm going to have some coffee, hang on. Um, down and Out in London and L.A. Short stories, for want of a better description, um, by me, obviously. Uh, are there any rock stars in it? Yeah, there are one or two, but that's not what it's about. Uh, is it all about me? I, not specifically. I think any writer, though, whether it's Hemingway or Bukowski or your big sister writing in her journal, there's always going to be something of the creator in there. That's part of the joy. But the actuality, the stuff that makes you want to keep reading is the work itself. Um, this is 
the sort of book that I've been spent my whole life wishing I could just just do stuff like this. But it doesn't pay. I got away with it once with Paranoid uh, uh, because I met a playboy who I knew wasn't going to read the damn book. And I lied to him and told him it was going to be about Black Sabbath. And he gave me £3,000, which was a fucking pittance 25 years ago, let alone now. Um, but for that, I wrote Paranoid, Black Days with Sabbath and other stories. Never got a royalty statement, never earned a bean. And he took it uh, and it kept selling out and he kept putting out new editions. Paranoid, Black Days with Sabbath and other rock stories or other rock stars or some fucking thing. Dreadful shit. Um, so, yeah, so the only time I've ever been able to do something like this has always been where there's no money, uh, which is makes it hard to do, but also no publisher oversight or control or basically puzzlement. I mean, when I think of the absolute fucking static I got for my Jimi Hendrix book in 2019, the publishers hated it. I've told this story before, but that was me trying to be a rock biographer par excellence, uh, an innovative, uh, groundbreaking rock biographer. Um, and it, they just, I, I should, if I'd written a book half as good, twice as boring, but told you the same fucking story you already knew about Hendrix from a million other books, they'd have loved it. And it probably would have sold more. Um, but fuck all that. So down and out in London, a lot of story. I've been writing sh short stories off and on all my life, really, because I get the urge and I don't know what to do with it other than write it down. But they only come out short because I've never had the time to do anything more substantial. Um, I would. Some of them came went back to the original blog. There'd just be things that I had nothing to say that day. So I, I would just write a story. And I, but over the years, I kept them and I kept writing more and uh, I would upgrade them a little bit here and there. Uh, and then finally, uh, earlier this year, I decided to look to see just how many of these I had. And about 100, 150. And I just thought, I started looking online and realised you could put out your own book. It would cost money. But because I had a Patreon site, I just ran it up the flagpole. I thought I'll make it strictly limited edition. Uh, it really is an objet d'art um, because you won't be able to buy it on Amazon or in a shop uh, or anything like that. It will just be the 250 copies. When they're gone, they're gone. And if you want one, you'll just have to find somebody with one and buy it from them or borrow it or whatever. Is it any good? Um, well, you're asking the wrong person. Um, I wouldn't have put it out if I wasn't pleased with it. I really like the book jacket that Stephen Beauvais uh, has designed. It's based on a drawing he did some years ago. Stephen and I have been talking for years about collaborating on something, a graphic novel. Uh, one time it was going to be about me, another time... Much more recently, I had an idea, which I'm not going to repeat here because it's still something we're looking at doing. 
But I always kept letting him down. I could never follow through, always for the same reason. Money, 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 money. Just never had it. Um, And uh, so it came from that era. Um, And I asked him if he'd do something specially for this book. And he said, you've already got it. I sent it to you in, you know, 2012 or whenever it was. I looked it up. There it was. And he was right. It was weird. It was like destiny. It was like the book jacket existed 10 years before the book. Um, he he did that. what all great designers do. He turned it into a book jacket. It was uh, an original picture. And then he added the flaps and the spine to turn it into a book jacket. It's such a beautiful piece of original work. Um, we're going to do some limited edition prints purely of that image. Uh, which, um, again, strictly limited edition, uh, but we're going to do them, get them framed, and if you want one, um, you'll be able to buy one later this year. Um, So Stephen did that, and then if you read the blog, if you read the Facebook, whatever, there came the three months. I announced this book in January via Patreon, and the people I was talking to uh, were like, you can have the books by mid-Feb, then it was late-Feb, then it was mid-March, on and on and on, till about a week ago when I just lost my shit and demanded my money back. Um, and that was a fight, but I got it. And then went looking elsewhere, and bingo, I found a place that um, just immediately sprung into action and gave me the kind of service and help that I'd been craving uh, from the first place all these months. They say the book will be delivered on April the 28th. I think that would be a fucking miracle. I- I'm going to build in another few days after that. I mean, if it gets here on the 28th, great. We'll start weighing them and sending them out. Um, but the fact is it is coming. The bill has been paid. It's more expensive in the first place. So now I really am skint. Um, But I really, I have to get this book out. I'm going to be 64 in June. And how much longer am I going to wait to do some work that I feel is truly a piece of my soul? So um, uh, again, I mean, Paranoid came out in 98, 99, 99, 99. That's too fucking long to wait for some more work like that to come out. Um, so that is now on the way. Uh, a few people in the last few days, because I, I did a thing about it on Facebook and on Patreon, have come in and asked uh, to buy a copy. How can I buy a copy? And so far, I've probably had about 10 or 12 people ask. And I've explained the same thing to all of them. And out of those 10 or 12, about three of them have actually bought it. So I guess uh, it, it sounds expensive. Um, if you were buying it off Amazon or in a bookshop, it probably it is on the more expensive side. But when you're buying a piece of original art and it's a limited edition, trust me, it's fucking peanuts, and it will go up. Um, if you all of them will be personally signed, the uh, one to two hundred and fifty will be done in ink by me personally. Uh, people that donated a lot of money towards it early on will get some extra bits and pieces I'll throw in there. Um, 
anybody that's just paying the regular price, uh, you will get any dedication you like. You tell me what it is you want. Or if you want me to make up something disgusting, I will. Um, or I will just sign it with no dedication because those books, uh, you can sell them for more on eBay and other places uh, if you want to. Uh, it's no good pretending that doesn't happen. The fact is, I don't care. If you buy this book, it's yours. It really is a piece of art. If I sold you a painting, um, I wouldn't put to Dave, big love Mick. I would just sign it and then you'd be able to sell it however many years later uh, to whoever you want for however much you want. So that's the deal. Um, there are still some available. Um, but if you want one, get one now, because once they're gone, baby, they are gone. And of that 250, um, obviously, I want to keep a couple for myself. Um, and I can't afford to just, you know, get more printed. A, because I don't want that to happen. I want there just to be these 250 come what may. Um, so there are some left, but they are going fast and very soon they will be gone. Um, you can, uh, you can, you can message me on Patreon. You can, uh, uh, send a message via Facebook or my very good friend on Twitter at Mick Blackwall. He's a good guy. He'll pass on all messages. Um, uh, let me know what's going on. We'll do our best to get you one of these books. And, um, what else? Oh Yeah. While I'm here, I'm going to say goodbye now, but while I'm here, my wife just put a copy of the Sunday Express in front of me. Um, and on page, what is that? Page 29 today, there's a big feature, an interview with Dan Gillespie Sells from The Feeling. And um, it's written by a, a thrusting young man by the name of Mick Wall. Um, I've been doing stuff for the Sunday Express for a couple of months now. And regardless of what you or anybody else thinks of the Sunday Express, I, I don't give a fuck. I've written for The Guardian, The Times. I've written for The Sun, The Mirror. I've written for The Mail. I've written for The Observer. It's of no fucking concern of mine uh, what your politics are or what the paper's politics are. If someone wants to pay me to do my very best work, and that's what this is in the Express, by the way. This is not me writing in a particular style to suit a particular readership. This is the same story I would have written for The Times or Mojo or Classic Rock or whoever. This is me. This is the story I wrote. So if that interests you, you can get it um, in the Sunday Express today. Today being Sunday. Uh, this Sunday being nearly 6pm, and that meaning the pub is calling. And on that bombshell, uh, I just hope this fucking thing has worked and the TARDIS has landed in the right place, and I will talk to you again soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How do I stop this, Fern? <laughs>